and welcome to History Obscura. Today I'm going to continue on with Chapter 3 from The Utmost Island. But first... Chapter 3 The Sea King grew up, further and further from the ground. At last his head was six feet towards the sky, where it ran into new, strange emotions that were waiting there. He dealt with these as with everything unfamiliar, that is, by the aid of magic. He sought for magical explanations about love. This had its legends and its runes. As exciting as those concerning sorcerers or the sea, and therefore as believable. The gods themselves went courting across their rainbow bridge, and their mates were many and various. He knew a song, which told how Njord was wedded to a fair giantess, Odin to the forces of nature, the death maiden Svafa to a man as mortal as himself and his companions. That is why, when he was twenty-two, he was willing to think he had married the goddess Freya. It was an easy mistake to make. Do you love your god? Well, he loved his goddess. She was known to dwell in a vale nearby, where the green things were her fine brocaded dress and the yellow flowers her hair. That was an artful disguise, which had hidden her from the Irish Christians. But he who perceived that the beautiful divine woman and the beautiful divine place were the same, easily saw through the enchantment and went about saying softly, Freya, I love you. He did not feel that he was speaking only to air, nor even to a bodiless ideal whom he never really hoped to see. Freya was completely real to him. She seemed to hover near, peering at him from amid the trees. And in fact, she was. Be it said that he was a handsome young man, wherefore there was a shy, pretty girl who had been watching him for many days, observing him from a distance, terrified lest he see her, yet contriving that he should when it would be most propitious. She heard what he said to Freya, and dared to profit by it. That was her right, for in one respect it might be said she was Freya. She was not too unlike the particular picture of female loveliness which he carried in his head and was ready to worship. So one day, when she let the rustle of her garments reveal her presence, and he turned suddenly and saw her, a weakness possessed him. A spell enveloped him, and he thought she was Freya indeed, come down from the mountaintop. His arms seemed to detach themselves from his body and encircle her of their own desire. He was held by an incantation which he himself spoke in the whispered names he called her, all of them Freya's names. Giver of love, most gently born of the gods, wearer of the flaming necklace. When she began to cry a little because she knew these were Freya's names and feared he was honoring her too highly for her safety, 
he called her Weeper of Gold, which name the goddess also has because her shimmering tears float upon the ocean at sunset as she mourns the death of a day. My name is Helga, she told him as soon as he would listen. This he took for part of her divine concealment. He pulled the hood of darkness down over his senses, asking no question and hearing no explanation about where she came from, nor about her family, nor her dowry, nor anything concerning her, but was willing and glad to have it all exactly as it was, so aptly had she stepped into his brain when it was readiest to receive Freya's image. Her father and brothers came and saw to it that the marriage was formal and binding, and likewise the inheritance rights and the settlement, although they were in no position to do much bargaining, as Helga was marrying late in life at the age of nineteen. The sea king surprised and somewhat confused them by foregoing the shrewd dickering that was expected of all men. In them and their ceremonials, he saw only the completeness of Freya's conjuration, designed to mislead all but himself, who so devoutly believed in her and loved her. Considering the time and any signs by which he could judge, he was right. At the very least, it is too bad he was wrong. A heavenly reward for his deep and ardent faith would have seemed just. When they had been married for a month, and a month, and a month, and a month, the enchantment, or the illusion, or the love, or the work of trolls, or whatever it was, began to wear off. He tried stubbornly not to see, but his eyes did, and they fought with him until they made him admit they were right. She had small meannesses, small fears, small plans. Yes, and small beauty, sitting smugly in the great carven chair in which she liked to be lady of the house. But disappointment and reality could not be accepted without one last struggle, so he made the forbidden test which we must never make if there is a likelihood that we are married to a heavenly being, that is, call her by her right name. Oh, Freya, he said sorrowfully, looking at her with a remnant of hope that dwindled to nothing even as he formed the sounds. As usual, she misunderstood him, thought he meant it for some sort of a joke, and simpered accordingly. With that, he knew that the spell was gone forever. He turned and went walking alone, which there and then became a habit. Ahead of him and away, his lost goddess danced across a hill. That is all for today, friends, but I'll be back soon with a full-length episode. Thank you so much for listening. Do check out our new Facebook page, as well as our Twitter and Patreon. Good night! Mm-hmm.